Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about kids and physical therapy. And to do that, I have brought on Smita Charate. Hello, Smita. Hello. How are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to talk to you tonight about um, your amazing book that you wrote called Benji Bounces Back. Yes, I'm excited too. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, before we talk about physical therapy and kids and Benji Bounces Back, let's hear a little bit about your background. Sure. So um, to start with, I have been a physical therapist for a very long time. I graduated in 1985 uh, and I graduated from a medical school in India, in Bombay, Mumbai now. Um, So I have had about more than three decades of experience working with a wide variety of patients, uh, including pediatrics, orthopedics, pediatric orthopedic conditions. And I was very fortunate to get a lot of experience uh, working for almost five years in a teaching institute in India. So that's where I gathered most of my knowledge um, as a young physical therapist. And then in 1993, I moved to um, America, USA, in uh, Michigan, where I worked in a hospital. So in last many years, everywhere I have worked, um, I was... uh, very fortunate to actually start a pediatric section of rehabilitation in the outpatient physical therapy area. And that was close to my heart uh, because I felt that that was lacking in that outpatient setup. Uh, So, so on and so forth. I have worked with pediatric uh, population, younger kids, developmental delays, uh, and children are, um, I, I love kids. So, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I, um, recently I thought of, um, you know, finding a book which may help, uh, help ease some of the anxiety I saw over many, many years when kids came to see me for very first time. And that's how I um, thought of writing this book. 
Great. Yes. So I uh, had the pleasure of reading your book and it, it is fantastic. Um, I had a nanny kid of mine um, who at the time, I believe she was seven or eight. I can't remember where it happened in correspondence with her birthday, but she, um, she had both of her ankles had hairline fractures in them. Mm -hmm. And so she had, she was in a wheelchair um, and then like kind of a scooter as they allowed those to heal. And so I got to read your book with her. And she said that she was like, I wish I had had this before I went to physical therapy. That's um, so true. That's so true. Yeah, because it does. I mean, it's going to the doctor. I mean, honestly, as an adult, is sometimes scary for me. But as a kid, it's it's very scary because you feel very out of control. Um, so I think that this gives a lot of really good insight into what is going to happen, and that you know everyone has your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. um, so great. What what do you wish uh, that kids knew before starting physical therapy? So over the period of years, I have seen kids coming or walking into my physical therapy clinic for evaluation for the very first time. I noticed that they're not well prepared uh, to even expect what, what they may go through for a physical therapy evaluation. Or sometimes some kids don't even know who a physical therapist is. So right. I, I, I would recommend that they be prepared that this is different from just going to a doctor's office, getting an injection, which most uh, most kids have the fear or anxiety about, and explain to them or talk them through some small steps what they may be going through when they actually meet the physical therapist. So, so, so what I would recommend is that the guardian or the parent um, explain to the child that we are going to go to see this clinician. She's a physical therapist. A physical therapist is a professional who will help you uh, restore your function, help you with your injury, uh, will help you give you some relief with your pain, get you back on the playground, get your functions back. And and, and during the course of your rehabilitation, she's going to help you with some uh, fun-filled exercises, some play-based activities and I will be by your side at all times you can talk to her you can you know share your feelings your emotions with the clinician and everything will be fine make it more of a positive experience for the child so that when they come in they come with that in their mind if that yes. makes sense. yeah that does uh, that's very helpful um, and yeah, so can you talk us through a little bit of what does happen? Because I've honestly never been to a physical therapist. So if, you know, I was to try to communicate to <laughs> a child about what it's like, I, I wouldn't have much personal experience to draw on. So what kind of exercises and things like that do you often do? Sure. Let me uh, briefly also walk you um, through steps. What actually really happens when the when the child first comes to therapy. So a child could 
could be on crutches or could be in wheelchair, could be in a, it could be just out of his cast or from surgery. Uh, many of the above things could be happening. And so he's already in pain. He's fearful. He's anxious. So, so he is, so generally the, he already has a scheduled appointment uh, coming into the clinic. So when he comes into the clinic, more likely he's going to see other children around who are, who are um, comfortable because they've been coming there for a while or they might be uh, interacting with other kids, other, other um, people in the waiting room. So there will be a waiting area where they will come into. There is a few minutes of paperwork which the parent or the guardian will have to finish. And generally the physical therapist will come and greet you, greet the child, introduce herself to the kid. And then the guardian and the child is taken into a private room where uh, the evaluation process uh, begins. And generally the evaluation process is where the, the therapist tries to understand how the, how the child was injured or what is the concern. Um, she will ask questions to the parent. She will try to understand what are some of the, some of the, um, activities or uh, challenges the child is facing right now. Then she will also talk to the child and try to understand uh, his perspective of the injury, that he is having difficulty going up the stair to his room, or you know he's not able to go to school, or he's not able to go to recess, or he's not able to have the circle time because he cannot sit down on the floor, things like that. Then there is an assessment part where she will actually assess the area which is injured. Um, sometimes she may use um, uh, devices like, or, or I would say more tools like a hammer or a reflex hammer, or she may use a goniometer, which is explained in my book. It's, uh, it's um, for measuring the range of motion at the joints. And then after that, she will discuss the treatment plan with the parent and um, make them understand what the treatment entails. It could be hands-on techniques to relieve pain. It could be moving the joint through the range of motion. It could be, you know, helping him tolerate weight bearing on the injured lower extremity. It could be uh, using that area in a more therapeutic way. Um, and then is the time when she will introduce some exercises and generally the exercises could be actively moving the area or trying to make it more of a fun fun activity such as can you draw alphabets with your toes or can you pretend you're standing and then let's pretend you're marching on the moon so you slowly lift your one leg and then the other leg um, sometimes you could have um, the mom or you know the therapist may start, start singing a song the ants go marching one by one let's all march so it is uh, a lot of times it could be fun filled they uh, would not feel intimidated by the exercise programs um, and then at the end she would explain what they could do at home or what precautions they should take at home Oh, that's, I, I didn't even think about the precaution side of things, but mm -hmm. that's a very good point. So for those exercises at home, often as nannies, uh, we are not necessarily in that appointment with the physical therapist. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually, you know, the parent or guardian that is there um, with them. And so 
a lot of times we are uh, hearing secondhand <laughs> uh, about how to do the exercises correctly. Uh, are, are there ways that a nanny can be more successful at helping uh, a child work through these exercises? Yes, of course. So generally, when the physical therapist is recommending a home exercise program, she will first um, go through all those exercises with the child uh, and make sure that the child can safely do them with her, her supervision. Once mm -hmm. that happens, she will give you handouts and generally the handouts will have pictures so that there is visual uh, visualization of what the exercise means. And there should be detailed um, instructions. Uh, for example, do your ankle pumps 10 times um, twice a day or do this stretch um, and hold it for 60 seconds and do it twice uh, every day. So those handouts should have um, explanations, should have pictures on it. So, so the nannies could use that as a guide for um, helping the child do the home exercise program. And I think, I, I think um, nannies or the guardians or the family is a crucial part of home exercise program because um, children are oftentimes either hurting or don't want to do the exercises or forget. So I would say that it's a crucial part of the team. You know, we all are as a team trying to help the child. And so right. it's very important that in the home front, the nannies do uh, whatever they can to make this this child comfortable. So they, they are the ones who can actually sense if the child is going through physical stress, emotional stress from the injury. Yeah. They could use a reward system. They could help them count backwards for a exercise, or they could say, okay, let's sing this song and you hold the stretch. So by the time the song is done, the stretch will be done. Uh, and then you could do rewards such as words of praise, or you could give them a sticker. You could say, okay, you know what? If you do these exercises every day, it will make your rehabilitation easier and make a long-term goal. So, so a child, who is not able to bear weight on his leg because of a fracture or pain uh, a long-term goal would be if you if you rehab yourself well if you meet those goals you won't need your crutches and how about we then plan to bake something together or go for a movie together or go to the ice cream store together so uh, you know, those are many factors which are a lot of emotional support the child needs at that time from home. Yes, yes. And I found success um, with my little one in having her show me how to do the exercises because giving her, you know, my full attention and she got to be the teacher and that really works for her. It might not work for every kid, but mm -hmm. um, having her talk me through how to do the exercises and then me doing them with her mm -hmm. really made it enjoyable for her. But I love your idea of, of singing a song or, um, you know, various reward systems. I think those are all really great ideas. Yes. And then I would also like to add that sometimes siblings are also very helpful. So if you have a bro little brother or sister, include her in the exercises. Say, let's do it together. Let's make it more of a 
family activity, you know, so, so the child doesn't feel that, that he has to do or go through this by himself or doesn't feel secluded because, you know, if he's doing a hamstring stretch or a runner stretch, it's okay if his sibling joins him and, you know, now they're both doing it, so it's more fun. Right. And it doesn't hurt. I mean, like yes. for, for a, another sibling or yourself to get a little stretching time in, it's never a bad thing. Sure. That's true. <laughs> um, wonderful. So um, there you talked about the emotional side of things too, which is something that I really loved about Benji Bounces Back is that it, it really showcased um, some of those frustrations, mm -hmm. uh, especially, you know, Kids are in these growing bodies and they're kind of changing all the time anyway, but they're gaining, usually they're changing to gain more skills and to uh, not be able to do something that they used to be able to do, like run, um, you know, if there's an injury that prevents you from running, that can be really frustrating. So do you have advice about that, about talking to kids through kind of their more emotional frustrations? Yes, I think that it is very important for kids to verbalize their emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I support uh, self-advocacy with children and I try, to, um, I try to educate all my children who I work with about self-advocacy. So mm -hmm. I, I am a firm believer that expression of emotions is very important so that they feel comfortable that they have somebody who is um, relating to their emotions, their feelings, their frustrations. Um, so there are many ways I think uh, we could address this. Um, few of the things are where you just talk it out with the child. Uh, if you sense that he's going through emotional distress, see if he opens up to you. Um, you know, encourage him to um, say things like, use your words if you're feeling sad, and how can we make you happy? Or if you're feeling sad right now, what? let's think, what can make you happy? Or say, you know what, uh, what is a happy face? Can you smile and show me what a happy face is? So practice, practice the feelings, um, you know, back and forth. Or say, you know, when I when I um, hurt my ankle or when I sprained my ankle, I was sad too. But you know, guess what? Then I, I got stronger. I did the exercises. I rehabilitated it. And look, I'm running now. So it made me happy. So that's one way of doing it. Or uh, some kids are not comfortable talking about their feelings right away. So then they could, um, you could start a journal, writing a journal or writing a sentence every day or writing how you felt before going to a physical therapist, before doing exercises and how do you feel now? Oh, that that's be, a great idea. That could be another example for it. Um, or you can create a scrapbook. You can say, you know what, you injured your um, ankle or you injured your knee. Let's make a scrapbook and see what comes out of it. So, you know, you can start, go as uh, as uh, in the past as when the injury really happened. Was it in a playground or was it when you were at a birthday party? So you can start scrapbooking and putting the pieces together on the timeline as you go through the journey. And that might keep the um, child's mind busy. He could look at the progress he's making from when the injury really happened. Um, and then um, finally, I think, you know, uh, trying to choose a hobby when you are not being able to be physical could also be very rewarding. So 
It could be something as small as let's bead necklaces together or bracelets or, you know, collect coins or, you know, what read about different bones in your body. Check out a book in the library and say these are all the different bones in your body and this is the bone which was injured or, you know, more educational, something like that. So I think keeping the mind engaged, um, trying to, um, trying to, um, what's the word I'm distract uh, no trying to give that confidence to the child that mm -hmm. we are able to relate to you and we are here to help you but you also need to use your words verbalize self-advocate what is bothering you and we as a team can help you I love that. Yes, I love the idea of teamwork. Um, and I, I love the idea of books. I'm a huge fan of books. Um, and I would also add that audiobooks are really good when a kid can't move around a lot because um, sometimes uh, they get tired of physically reading a book. And that, if they're doing audiobooks, they can also color or um, knit or sew or, you know, whatever. Yes or bead necklaces or, or anything mm -hmm. um, with their hands. So if a kid is, is antsy with uh, just reading, I think audiobooks are a really great way to um, kind of adventure around the world without leaving your house. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, if it's an older child or a middle school child or, you know, at any age, but, you know, uh, introducing them to different uh, professions, this might not mm -hmm. be a good idea. This might not be a bad time because they didn't know who a physical therapist is and now they are in physical therapy. So similarly, you know, you can talk about all these different careers, clinicians, uh, you know, different fields. I think it might be a good idea to introduce those them I totally agree that's a great idea mm -hmm. of um, and then that you know helps them yeah like you said feel more powerful and um, able to to handle and work through things and it's also teaching them emotional intelligence which is very important <laughs> correct yes mm -hmm. um, great so how can parents and nannies help with potential bullying um, during the period where they're recovering and, and getting better? Um, I know from classmates and things like that, if they're uh, still going to school, but even from adults, uh, one of my nanny kids, she was walking up to turn in a piece of paper and the there was a substitute teacher who said like, your walker is too loud oh, wow. so i know it just which you know is the exception not the rule but mm -hmm. how can you help give them language uh to advocate for themselves and and to stand up against bullies during this time where they're pretty vulnerable yes i i agree um you know, as I had mentioned earlier, you know, encouraging self-advocacy early on when they are actually, um, you know, uh, going through this whole journey is that's why important. I think I think when you talk about bullying, it could be verbal bullying uh, by just friends making fun of you because you have a crutch or friends making fun of you because you have an ankle brace. I have many, um, uh, many kids in my clinic uh, who shy away when I say you need, need even a tape. 
you know, like when I tape mm -hmm. their foot to correct some of the mechanics, um, many children shy away and say, oh, no, you know, I'll be I'll be teased in class or, you know, somebody's going to ask me or is the tape going to be seen if it's under my sock? I'm fine, but otherwise I don't want it. So a lot of times verbal bullying happens. Um, as well, where kids are make, made fun of because they have a tape on or a brace on or using a crutch. But um, they could also have social bullying where they are isolated or nobody wants to talk to them. Or a lot of times they cannot go and play during recess. So they are secluded reading a book or sitting in a corner somewhere by themselves. And that's when they can go through emotional distress. And then um, you, lastly, and I, I, I hope it never happens, but it could be physical bullying. So you're already injured, you're already in pain, and somebody pushes you so that you fall on the playground because now your crutch is away from you. You cannot, um, you know, you cannot reach it, and then kids are laughing at you or something in that line. Um, so my message to kids um, would be to be confident. Understand the process of your injury, the rehabilitation and the goals, you know, understand that this is a temporary uh, transition you're going through and uh, feel empowered that you're working hard. You have good support from home and your family, uh, from the clinicians, and you will get there soon. Um, uh, the second thing is that always practice your response. So talk to your child that what if somebody asks you and how are you going to answer or what are it, is going to be your response. Uh, so teach, teach kids or teach children to respond and not to react. Uh, mm. So, so they know that if somebody says something, they're not going to react to it right away, but, you know, stop, you know, think for five or six seconds and then respond appropriately. But if you practice that at home is the only way the child will actually be able to um, do that when he's put in that situation. So staying calm, being confident, practicing your responses, trying to respond and not react to something. And sometimes as plain as just ignoring the bully and, um, you know, not, not letting it get to you uh, works. Mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, also finding the situation in the child's um, day during uh, this injury, like, you know, when is the bullying happen? Is it during the recess time when nobody's playing with you and you're secluded? Then try to be around your supportive good friends. So try to be in a group so you don't, you know, sit back alone. Or uh, if that's not possible, then can you go to the library and help the librarian uh, with a sitting project? Like, you know, you could sit down and say, I I can sort out something for you so the adult can help them get through this so I think those are some of the I think those are some of the tools we need to um, train the child or you know offer them those tools so they in that situation can um, respond appropriately yes I love that and something that I recently um, saw on Facebook was this idea, it was a teacher that shared this, but she said that she switched from asking, do you have any questions to what questions do you have? Mm -hmm. um, and that little shift in language was really helpful in getting her students to ask more questions. And I think like when you are at the physical therapist, 
phrasing it that way and, mm-hmm. and allowing the child, you know, as comfortable as they are to ask as many questions as they can yes. with the clinician is, is also really important so that they do have the language of being like, this is the bone that's broken and let me tell you about it to their friends because it's interesting if you yes. frame it that way. And, and, and what is interesting is I see kids for uh, several weeks or sometimes months. So they develop such good rapport with me and they are so comfortable with me that in fact, actually, I actually really had this child. He was, he's four years old and he tells me more about what goes on in the class or, you know, so-and-so hit me today or whatever happens in the class because they're very comfortable. And, you know, a lot of times when you're doing a play-based activity or you're singing, your guards are down, you know, you're more comfortable. And that's when that emotion comes out. And, you know, you say, oh, you know, um, guess Miss Nita, this happened in my school today. And, you know, that's where I learn more about it. So sometimes it's easier for me also to actually um, address these issues and encourage. So what did you do during that situation? You know, you should have said this or, you know, next time this happens, you know, you should do this. So I, I think I practice that ongoingly during my sessions with most kids. Oh, that's great. And I, I hope that lots of clinicians are like you um, and doing that because that I think offers such uh, comfort and, and confidence building for kids who are, you know, going through something that, that can be overwhelming and scary, but doesn't have to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, with that support network. Right. Um, well, wonderful. Well, is there uh, anything else that that you would like listeners to know about physical therapy or how nannies can help uh, their nanny kids work through this kind of difficult time? Uh, I, I think that the the key component of rehabilitation is teamwork, and I'm a big believer in it. So no matter how much I uh, work hard with the child in the clinic, but if, if, if I don't have the whole team working towards the same goal, uh, it's very difficult. So for us all as a team to achieve that goal in the optimum time and to the fullest potential, we have to make it happen all together. And that's why I think it's a great idea that, um, you know, I'm hoping that many listeners will uh, understand that every piece um, of the segment is equally important. So when I send a kids with a home exercise program, what you help the child at home is equally important as compared to what I do during the session in the clinic. Mm, yes, yes. And I do think that's important to keep in mind because a lot of times, you know, a nanny's day can sometimes get overwhelming and uh you know you let the ball drop in certain areas but this is certainly not one um to let slide those daily exercises are important or every other day or however they're scheduled yes correct to follow them you know as as to the letter as you can (laughs) yes 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 um is is important and i i also agree that encouraging uh the child to, you know, do the exercises in whatever way you can motivate them 
um, or help them find the motivation with them themselves is also super important. And also, I think as an as a nanny, uh, really asking questions yourself of the parents if you didn't get to go to um, the appointment with the physical therapist, really. Uh, learning about it yourself, um, looking up and researching what the injury is like uh, so that you can better empathize with the child. I think those are all really good, important things to do. Yes, um, I, I agree because that's, uh, that's going to actually uh, minimize the time um, in rehab and actually achieve those goals at the earliest yeah, which everybody wants. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to go back to, you know, their uh, normal activities, restoring their function. Um, and that is the key of the teamwork. Right. That's great. Um, where can listeners find your book? So I think presently it is on Amazon.com. Great. And then it is also on uh ptproductsonline.com and then Cherry Hills Media Publication also has it for sale. So right now all those three um, sources have it on sale. Wonderful. And I will put those links down in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you're like, but I'm driving and I can't write this down. Um, don't worry. It's, it's there for you. So when you're not driving anymore, you can go click on the links and it'll take you to be able to buy the book. And I do highly recommend it. It was, it was a wonderful read, um, and it really answered a lot of my questions uh, before our interview even about physical therapy. Yes, I, ho I wish uh, more and more um, kids who um, are, are, are scheduled for a physical therapy evaluation prepare themselves what to expect uh, and not go through the agony of anxiety and fear or a sleepless night um, because it is fun and physical therapists um, are clinicians who try their best to help you make it fun and uh, help you to achieve your goals. Yes, that's lovely. Um, wonderful. Well, I end each episode of Chronicles of Nania with a fun story um, or quote. And a listener sent one in. Uh, so Bobby Wagner from The Nannyhood sent in this. She said, I want to keep... Um, oh, sorry. Um, her... Uh, so her boy nanny kid who is age two said bobby is this you sweater pointing to an old busted up uh zip up fleece that she had at his house and had had there for almost uh a few years and she said yes b2 uh, i was chilly and so i put it on and he rubbed his fingers up and down the zipper and said this is beautiful i love it and then gave her a big hug um and she said these things uh make the tantrums and craziness all worth it which i totally agree those those moments of just finding beauty in everyday objects uh is such a joy of working mm -hmm. with children <laughs> Mm. So, well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you taking time to talk us through this. Um, 
because though I hope that a lot of our listeners don't have kids that are in physical therapy because I hope they're not hurt. But if they are, I think that this is a really wonderful resource to help them um, prepare or work through it uh, and, and be the best member of the team that they can be. Mm-hmm. I agree. Or, yeah. Or if they, if a nanny has to go to physical therapy, it's also uh, good for them to know what it's like. Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, yes. well, Thank you very much. And thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity so that, you know, we can share that there is a resource available um, for the children. Yes. Awesome. And thank you all for listening. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.